And I remember just being so devastated hearing about like this, this kind of like impending disaster. Everyone should have access to trees. Everyone should be able to see at least one tree from their window. I want to mobilize more people because there's so much strength in numbers. Whoever's watching live can recognize that we're behind the scenes right now because this will become an edited interview and be on the Journey Through Health and Wellness podcast on anchor.fm and Spotify and through the reimagined TICWAC, that's the acronym TCWAC.org, the Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshade Communities Plus. And if you don't live in the Turtle Creek Watershed, but you live anywhere in Southwestern PA, uh, you're welcome. If you don't live in the Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed, but you live anywhere on this planet right now, you're welcome because we're working to model our regenerative future. And I'm so honored and I feel really pleased that after more than a year doing a podcast and doing a lot of interviews that here you are, Annie Dealey. So welcome to the journey through health and wellness. How are you today? Good. Happy it's Friday. Although it's such a strange day. I wanted to talk about this, but the bridge collapsed like five minutes like from my house this morning. It's a bridge uh, in Pittsburgh that like is on Forbes Avenue over Frick Park and it collapsed today, which I thought was just like so wild. But anyway, yeah, I've been thinking about that all day. I got a call from a friend of mine at like eight in the morning and I thought, why is my, why is my phone ringing at eight in the morning? And she, she told me the bridge collapsed. And so that's a perfect metaphor for again, you know, beginning this interview, the infrastructure, the the infrastructure all around us is collapsing uh, without warning, (laughs) no warning, like no engineering reports, no concern that we know of, that we know of as the people, right? So I'm gonna ask you a real broad question to begin with, which is, what, and, and, and we're going to start broad and then hopefully go to you and your, your life, if you're willing to share that, some other parts of, of your life related to what you're doing as the community organizer extraordinaire at the Reimagined Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed Communities non, nonprofit. What have you noticed? Well, maybe give us a little bit of background first about what brought you to this job as a community organizer and then what what it was and I'm having like brain fog myself right now I can't even remember if you came into the job during this past couple of years yeah you did you came in while we were like virtual so you came Mm -hmm. in to a virtual situation what what were your expectations when you came in and what like changed for you. I'm just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in my imagination, something changed based on what you thought this job might be compared to what it actually is. Yeah, I think that the biggest change since I started, which was in October 2020, um, is that I had like an idea of what Reimagine Turtle Creek was, which was like essentially like small community projects um, with like one like central 
organization that helps support like community leaders and individuals. And then like, as time went on, I understood more that it's like bigger than that. It's more of like a coalition of like organizations and leaders and um, all kind of trying to work together to revitalize the Eastern suburbs of Pittsburgh. And in that work, trying to like replicate it in other areas. Yeah, I, I guess like I, I thought of it as a smaller entity, but it's like so big and uh, yeah, especially like, so I got started with organizing at Pitt. As like a child, I learned about like, I mean, it was called global warming at the time, but now it's more like climate change is the main thing. Uh, and I remember just being so devastated about hearing about like this, this kind of like impending disaster and not understanding like what kind of solutions there were. I like packaged that up for years. And then when I was a freshman at Pitt, I uh, went to a like meeting for an environmental activist student org called Free the Planet. And an organizer, called? it's what called Free it? the Planet. Free the Planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I started like the student activities there, you know. Uh, and I thought the people who were talking to me about like the environment and activism, these things were, was like cool. And I was like, oh, these people are cool. I'm trying to make friends. Let's see what it's about. And an organizer was there and he like essentially like framed the meeting around this like introduction to like what environmental activism is by saying, uh, let's talk about like what you ate for breakfast this morning. Like say you ate a bagel for breakfast this morning. And what does that mean for like, what kind of carbon footprint, like what resources went into like creating that bagel? So we said like the energy that went into like actually making the bagel in a factory, like could have come from fossil fuels or like fracking in this area, the like, sources like resources like uh like wheat is used to make bagels the wheat could have been grown in idaho idaho could have had like i don't know there's there's some like crops that we use in everyday things like idaho potatoes for example <laughs> that are grown with like prison labor the amount of miles that each resource like went to make this like one bagel that you ate this morning could have been thousands and thousands of miles like i know now that like the average american plate like the average American meal takes like 1200 miles to get in front of you. So and wait, like wait, what say, kind say, of- Say that again, say that again, because there's five people, six people watching on Facebook. And I <laughs> bet there's at least one of them that doesn't know what you just said. Because when I first learned yeah. the, the whole thing about supply chains and what it took to get a banana to my cereal- yeah. I was shocked. So say that again, that, that 1200 factoid. Yeah. It's like the average American meal. So like whatever you're eating for, for dinner, it could be like meat and rice and vegetables or like whatever. Um, it takes 1200 miles to get to you, which is you're not a lot of miles. You, you, you didn't yeah. mention the, the people involved. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the, like, you could be sourcing your food from like uh, things like migrant labor or uh, like if you're undocumented in the US and growing food, like the uh, likelihood of like your labor being exploited is really high. So it's just like thinking about like one decision you made today and like what kind of carbon footprint because of the system that we exist in, like that could have. And it's not just a carbon footprint. It's not just an impact on the environment or climate change. It's also an impact on like people, it's also an impact on the economy, like all these things. And that was like my introduction because I'd never heard of this before. You know, I was 18 years old 
to like intersectionality and how important it is to like organize with other movements, with other people and not like tear issues apart, which was so eye-opening for me because as a child, when I learned about global warming, I was like, well, what can I do? Like I, I could plant a tree, but like, what's that gonna do? But this like conversation that I had with a community organizer that still organizes in Pittsburgh, his name is Andrew Woomer. Say, say, say that again. His name's Andrew Woomer. Andrew Wilmer is still organizing in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Woomer, yeah, he works for, um, they work for Clean Air Council now. But yeah, just this conversation, I don't know if Andrew like knows this was such like an origin story for me, but um, just from learning about that, I, I feel like it really rooted this kind of work in like me and my like personal values, but then also in people. Like I was like thinking about like environmental movement from a people's perspective was just like so valuable to me. And from there, you know, like I eventually uh, became like the president of Free the Planet when I was a senior at Pitt. And we worked a lot with like activism having to do with like the cracker and which is still a, a going cracker, on. A cracker? Did you did you say something yeah. about a cracker? Do you mean the Visco crackers? So like, is that the, the petrochemical? <laughs> Yeah, the petrochemical cracker plant that's being built in, in Beaver County. Oh, um, you mean that's gonna crack? That one... Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it's gonna crack ethane to make essentially like plastic nurdles, which will be shipped to China and other places that make single-use plastic items. So it's just like a lot of things we really don't need. <laughs> All like making the air and water in Pittsburgh like so horrible, and in other places too. But yeah, we organized around that and I did AmeriCorps for a year in Portland. Portland's really interesting because their city system is so much more sustainable. Uh, it's like this in Seattle too. Like their waste stream is a lot more circular. They have like stricter laws as to like what kind of single use plastic can be around in the city. And their zoning laws are really specific where like suburban sprawl is like a big issue in a lot of different areas. I studied urban studies at Pitt, so, but in Portland, they have like a barrier as to like how far residential areas could go. And then the rest of the, the barrier is like farms. So it has to be farmland after a certain, and if you're driving in Portland, like say you drive to the coast, it's like an hour away. You like suddenly it's like suburbs to like farms. There's just like, or it's not even suburbs, it's more uh, urban than that in a way. So I'm like learning about, here are all these problems that have to do with like climate change and and like human rights issues and xyz and then i go to this new place that's offering like solutions to these problems that i'm seeing where i'm from and then i came back and uh it was 2020 like everything was blowing up and uh yeah i saw this position uh which is the one i have now community organizer for reimagine turtle creek and it was like so solution-based like that's what really called me to it Cause it's like, okay, I have this like fractivism background, but it, it's so disheartening. And I'm learning about all these new things that we can build to make the world a better place, to make our region better and to combat these like systems that just aren't working. And I wanna be a part of that. So that's why I applied to this job and I'm so happy I'm here. Yeah, just, it, I wanna be a part of the solution, you know? Because the, like, I don't know, the future I see, it's like, there's going to be like every rooftop is going to be a green rooftop we're going to have like super amazing like bus systems and all this stuff. like like we won't have to use private like vehicles as much 
you know, our bridges are going to be sound. What a future, you know? You're not <laughs> like going to fall down. Energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The bridges aren't going to fall down without notice anymore. Yeah, no, no falling Annie, down the bridges. When Annie um, is in charge and the full blossoming, <laughs> blossoming of reimagine the Turtle Creek watershed and airshed communities is cross pollinated through the mycelial networks, the fungus, the underground communication system of plants is all interwoven based in nature. You have just said so much to unpack. I've been taking notes. So if you're wondering why I was looking down, <laughs> what a tremendous background you have. And you're so young, at least from my perspective of, um, more than six decades now, right? So it's so exciting to hear your enthusiasm because I've been working with you, you know, as a volunteer for over a year now, and I never heard most of what you just said. And so it's exciting to hear where you came from. And it's exciting to hear that this job, you know, landed in your lap and is perfect, like a perfect match for you. And it's exciting to know that that's what we're creating within this context. So just a little thumbnail of how I got involved with Reimagine the Turtle Creek Watershed and Airshed. And it was because I was a fractivist for more than a decade. I founded Sustainable Monroeville. Some of the listeners or people who are in live may have heard of Sustainable Monroeville. If you've heard of Sustainable Monroeville, you know, give us a thumbs up in the, in the, in the um, Facebook. Feel free to ask questions. I'm not gonna call any of you out. I see there are seven of you watching. Thank you, Stan, for mentioning, and, and she, Stan is saying thank you for this important work, Annie. Rhea says she loves this, I'm gonna digress again. I love this discussion about interconnectedness. Our daily choices every moment have global, social, and environmental importance and the rest of the message is cut off but I I'm seeing some hearts come up and some likes and um Rhea is another esteemed member of our team at Reimagine the Turtle Creek and she's intimately involved with the Reimagine Food Systems project and also rewilding I'm gonna say it <laughs> she's not here she can correct me in the chat if she wants to but rewilding Verona where she lives and working towards putting the process in motion politically so that we have the opportunity not just in Verona but around the whole region and the country and the world to have wild landscapes that are natural landscapes that are free of herbicides pesticides fungicides and even GMO biological insecticides, such as Bacillus thuringiensis, which is a very dangerous thing that's not thought of as dangerous in these um, moments. So I became involved in this process called Reimagine. About a decade ago, I sat with about nine other women in a church basement in the North, I think it was in Swickley. And uh, one of them who, who founded really one of, one of the founders of Reimagine Beaver, she had this idea about just reimagining. And, and the, the idea sat for a number of years. And then I saw that Reimagine Beaver was happening and Reimagine Butler sprang from that. And there was something going on in Indiana County. And I thought, well, wait a minute, I live in Turtle Creek and I had been a fractivist. I had been working towards 
not letting, which I still believe is going to be a thing, not letting this petrochemical plant ever open because there are other ways of creating our energy from sun, from sun, that thing up in the air that seems like it's up in the air that we're rotating around. And so I flipped the story into let's be positive, let's show the solution. So you are here now, tell us something about some of the tools and techniques that you use for our people that are watching. There's seven people watching on Facebook now. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat or any observations about what you've noticed about the evolution of Reimagine the Turtle Creek over these two short years. We were established out of two live meetings, one in December of 2019 at the Braddock Public Library. And that was a wonderful event with about 50 people. We did a, a visioning session based on the tremendous work of uh, Heather Har through the League of Women Voters and other collaborators, um, Vegan Spirituality Southwest PA, Sustainable Monroeville, Climate Reality Project, uh, Protect PT, all of our supporters. We had giant maps of the Turtle Creek watershed and we wrote all of our ideas down, we presented them. Mark Dixon, filmmaker, was there filming. You can go to the reimaginetickwack.org website to see these film shorts. Please share them widely to show what the solutions are. Then we had another, this was before you were here. This is past history, Annie. We had another meeting in February of 2020, <laughs> right on the cusp of all the excitement in the United States and around the world with, and right now his name is escaping me, from West Virginia, uh, Brandon Dennison, who um, has formed and sprouted many nonprofits for former coal miners to become employed and have their own types of businesses. So then when did you begin it at Reimagine the Turtle Creek? What was the month and year? Uh, it was October, 2020. October of 2020. So up until, yeah. I'm just giving people a little past history. Up until October of 2020, there were, we were mainly a volunteer organization based you know, through the work of the League of Women Voters through Heather Har, And there were, there were about eight of us who would meet weekly and we would meet on Zoom and we would plan and we would dream and we would imagine and we would reimagine and we were doing some more planning. And my idea was to have about six employees by the end of 2020. And so maybe I'm gonna just pass it over to you now, Annie, and tell us what it was like coming into this group of strong-willed individuals, mostly women, perhaps all women at the moment, um, that, are, that, are, that were mostly older than you, not all of us, but there's Kelly Yagatich, who's, who's, uh, who lives in the Turtle Creek watershed and was with, is with the Climate Reality Project. There's Rhea Homa, who lives nearby in Verona. There's Josh Homa, her husband, uh, these are people that are part of kind of the core week to week. Uh, Patty DeMarco, many of you know her as a councilwoman in Forest Hills in the forest, in our in our Turtle Creek watershed. Um, who am I forgetting? Um, you, you Sally Lipsky was Sally Lipsky was uh, really involved um, when I started. She runs Plant Based Pittsburgh. 
plant-based um, Pittsburgh, the plant-based eating hub. So we've had a strong yeah. emphasis on encouraging people to eat lower on the food chain. So yeah, I'm going to be quiet now and just tell us about what it was like when you kind of came into this process and how things have shifted in the past. It's a year and a couple months, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking is like, we grew a lot in 2021. We got like our first donations. Um, we got a grant to like fund, fully fund the gardening program. We, oh, we, we, we contracted our sound editor for this podcast, which produced what, like 30 some episodes last year. When I first started, I think that well, I came in and it was such like an exciting group of people who were very passionate about like seeing like sustainable changes. And I think like our biggest strength at the time, and I, I still think this is true, but at the time was being creative and like revisioning like the way things are going. The like, although there's been some like revitalization in other like Pittsburgh suburbs, the one I can think of right now is like the, the, um, the airport in Pittsburgh is part of a 2030 district now. Uh, and that's like Northern, or is that more Western? Whatever, it's a suburb of Pittsburgh. And they're seeing like investment in like new green technology, infrastructure, all these things. But the Eastern suburbs of Pittsburgh like wasn't really seeing the same type of attention. And that's what's so valuable about a group like this is like, it, it's, it's so grassroots, like people coming together and saying like, no, like we need attention too we need investment too. And like distributing resources like more evenly, I guess, more equitably. But yeah, when I came in, the, the, the like number one thing was like coming up with ideas was like so great. Like everyone always had like a new thing and a new way of thinking about the way things were, which like, um, especially along the Mon Valley, the Turtle Creek watershed isn't exactly the Mon Valley, but there's like a lot of air pollution and water pollution there from industry. And it's like, like places like Braddock. Wait, did, uh, did you did you say that the Turtle Creek is not the Mon Valley? It's not. They overlap, but they're not exactly the same parameters. Okay, so what you're saying, I think, is that Turtle Creek is partially in the Mon, Mon what's called the Mon Valley, but 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 it's not all within the Mon Valley. Yeah, but there are neighbors, so you know it's our fight too. I guess is what I'm saying. I think that I'm not sure. I don't know if anybody who's watching knows more about it than we do, but, and I would really appreciate if you comment, if you do know more, but my understanding, and I'm calling out my husband on this stand because he's watching, is Turtle Creek Mon Valley? I believe it is because it's, Turtle Creek is a tributary of the Monongahela River and that's the mm -hmm. Mon Valley. And, and there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm not a native to this area. Not only am I not a native to this area, but I'm not a native to technology. So shout out to the technology we're using. Took, took a long time for me to get to this point. <laughs> but I encourage anybody who's watching, this is a little commercial. If you're interested in being interviewed for this podcast, or you would like to be an interviewer, I will help you. I will hold your hand. I will refer you to the podcast that Annie has so wonderfully posted about how to be interviewed and how to be an interviewer. So yeah, keep going. <laughs> I like that episode, by the way. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what was I saying? 
oh, we were really good at coming up with ideas. I think like a big need, which is my understanding why this group wanted to bring on like a full-time staff person, an organizer, is that it, it needed more structure and like attention to uh, the individual like projects, like ways to build things out, who to connect to, that kind of thing. Like it needed a full-time person to be like, how do we move this forward? Um, yeah, and that's why, I, I mean, I like Reimagine Turtle Creek because uh, it's grassroots. It's essentially people saying like, I really wanna see a rain garden here or whatever, you know, the project is. And then being like, okay, so this is our vision. This is what we want. How do we get there? I, it feels like we're kind of, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is like, but like making up things as we go along because it's important. Like, it's like, I live here. I know we need this and I'm gonna use the structures that we have to make it so that happens. That should be the way everything works, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I mean, over the past year, I, I think like with the help of like all our like network of volunteers and partners and all these things, all these people like willing to work together, we've been able to like grow so much. Yeah, I mean, things is like our like education piece, I think is much more organized where we have like monthly programming that kind of goes over a topic, whether it's personal or more like organizational of sustainability. Like we had a bunch of stuff last year. We had like composting 101 and like cleaning without harsh chemicals. And there was that program where we walked in the uh, Boys Park with the nature center. And then Tammy like showed us the different uh, plants you could eat along one of the trails. Uh, that was amazing. Like there's all these resources right at our fingertips. It, it's, it's really cool that this group is willing to. And I think there's a lot of people that are willing to understand how we can use these resources that we already have and like beyond that expand it to other people that need them you know i'm gonna i'm gonna just talk about tammy waterwitz the mm -hmm. uh, naturalist at boys park nature center for a moment and i'm gonna ask everybody to visualize an amazing woman whether you know her or not who has put her heart and soul into the career of being a naturalist in this Turtle Creek watershed. And without getting political, but making a statement right now publicly, I wanna let people know that Tammy Waterwitz was let go from that position because she refused vaccination. And so she's no longer there. And I'm just putting out uh, positivity in her direction and I just want people to think about what is really going on in this world. Because when a person who works outside is being um, tested weekly because she's standing up for her own rights and then is let go without a thought after decades of service to this Turtle Creek watershed, I think that we might need to be standing up for one another. So I know you didn't know that information or I have a feeling you didn't know that information. Yeah, I didn't know that. I wanna, I wanna move us into maybe your personal feeling tone. If you feel comfortable, I think you do. I heard a whisper of it when you said, we're basically doing what we wanted, like we're just making it up as we go along. We're doing what we wanna do. And I want to, send energy and love and gratitude out to the people that are watching, all eight of them. Um, and I've been trying to keep up with the comments and most of the comments are from me. Reyes <laughs> says, we are a determined group of people for sure. We see something we want to 
improve and we find the ways to make the, and then the comment, oh, the ways make to them make happen. them happen, yeah. change. So what is your, what are some of your ideas or visions for the future? We, we you know, we still have probably another 10 minutes. Sometimes our, okay. our blessed, amazing editor edits some of what we say, our bloopers out. <laughs> but, we go um, if you had all the funding that was necessary, not only for your, for your salary, which we're grateful for, if anybody wants to donate to Reimagine the Turtle <laughs> Creek, just go to that website right now, Reimagine Tickwack, and click on those donation buttons and go for it. But if you had all the funding and funding wasn't an issue, because I know that's part of your job to make sure that grants come in and that sort of thing. But, if, but, but let's put that aside for a minute. And maybe we can all do this together because we have seven of us plus the two of us is nine. Let's close our eyes for a minute and ground with our feet through the ground or if we're sitting on the floor, which I know Annie is right now, feeling our sit bones rooting into the earth, feeling the energy from mother earth, mother Gaia coming up through our root chakra all the way through our feminine center for all of us, which is below our belly button, moving up to the masculine center of the pineal gland, out into the cosmos and allowing light to stream in through our crown and shining our bright, bright, bright lights throughout our bodies to get rid of any negativity or gunk that might have been lodged inside of us voluntarily or involuntarily, and then shining our lights out, out beyond even, well, first let's start with the Turtle Creek watershed, all the way to the bridge in Squirrel Hill that's partially collapsed, all the way to all the neighborhoods in Pittsburgh, into Pennsylvania, into all of the, um, the states in the United States and North America, South America, all of the countries around the world, the oceans, all the way out to that thin film around the earth, the veil that is lifting out into the cosmos, bringing all the light back into us, into you as an individual and letting the money paradigm and the institutional paradigm go. Annie, as we project love to you and receive your love, all nine of us, what is your dream for the next year and beyond in this amazing blessed position that you have? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about the year, but if I could do anything, I think I would localize our food system there's ways that this has been going on i just read an article about how there's like plans or it's going on but it's like taking old mine shafts from like this is kind of like coal country very close to west virginia and southwestern pennsylvania and um growing food underground because it's easier to like control the temperature and stuff and you could get like foods that you can't grow above ground in this kind of region that we eat every day like bananas don't grow here but we eat them also, there's like a, um, a warehouse in Braddock that they like grow food 
like fully automated. These are CMU graduates with like robotic systems and they can grow anything and it's all inside and growing food inside like that saves so much water and land that like hugely impacts like the way our earth goes. I don't know if you've seen the documentary Kiss the Ground, Melissa, uh, but it's about like um, how a solution to climate crisis is um, essentially like plants. <laughs> Farmland takes up, or traditional farming takes up a lot of land and it's not super sustainable or efficient. I'm gonna interrupt you here for a moment right. and breathe into what you just said and just say a few things. As you know, I have been helping people to understand the importance of eating lower on the food chain, moving into a plant-based diet for the planet, for our health, for the animals, for the ecosystem, for the environment. And I beg to differ with some of the things you're mentioning. So agribusiness is creating what you're saying is unsustainable. Food has been grown for all of humanity's creation in the earth, in the nutrition of the biodynamics of our soil. And so working with our soil and yeah. growing food in soil, in sunlight, natural sunlight is of utmost importance. And so perhaps growing food in underground mine shafts with artificial light, or maybe you can grow some mushrooms down there, I would be concerned about the toxins that have been released through coal mining getting into the food. The warehouse in Braddock, when we did our first event in Braddock at the library, a local businessman who was one of the speakers there, uh, who didn't want to be recorded, and I won't mention who that is, but he has a, a big business in Braddock, came over to me and I spoke with him on the side while others were visioning on their maps uh, with their ideas. And he pulled his phone out and showed me on his phone. He said, Alyssa, look at this. And he showed me a picture of those robotic warehouses that were having designs of pincers that were made from robots that were picking, I can't remember if it was strawberries or blueberries. This is deeply concerning to me. I think that it is important for us and especially the younger generation to understand the importance of putting our hands in the dirt, building soil, rebuilding the ecosystems that we have destroyed and perhaps a warehouse that is run by robots and not people is something that is happening in real time and we know it is. And perhaps mine shafts can be used for growing something if they're detoxed first. But I'm just, with all due respect, I'm wondering if there are any other ideas that you're thinking about. And I have a habit sometimes of coming up with things that I don't expect to come out of my mouth during an interview. If those of you who are still watching, all seven of you didn't know it, we haven't planned anything that we're talking about ahead of time. And so this is completely spontaneous. And it hurts me to say these things because you're excited about them. And so maybe you can show me a way that those things can be done effectively and efficiently. But most certainly, growing food in the ground 
with the biodynamic and permaculture principles is efficient, as efficient can be. The way that we've been doing it with agribusiness, plying our soils with chemicals and, and inputs that are completely unnatural, and then accepting those inputs into our body so that we become GMOs is something that is not well understood yet. And it's something that I'm actually writing a book about. But I'm, I'm understanding where you're coming from because right. you're half my age or less than half my age. <laughs> and so I'm understanding that there's um, a big mixture of, of what we understand this life to be. And, and, and so, yeah, what, what other ideas are there that have been brewing perhaps that you're gonna be putting, you're your very logistically oriented and you're great at implementing all these things. What's in the hopper most recently? Maybe we should just go to that as we wind up this interview. Uh, like what's coming up for a reimagined? Yeah. 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 Well, right now we're working on one of our projects is to revitalize the Monroeville Mall, which is where Dawn of the Dead was recorded or filmed. <laughs> Think about Zoom. Into a place that has more sustainable businesses and design. And we've been in communication with the Monroeville, the municipality of Monroeville, which is really exciting. And uh, we really want to leverage our community connections to do essentially like a demonstration project, which would probably look like a green wall inside of the mall. Last year, I visited my brother in Colombia, and um, we like walking around the streets of like uh, Bogota and Medellin, there were like malls everywhere, but they all had green walls. On the outside, it was like completely covered with plants. Like all of these businesses, all of these places had like plants on the inside and outside of like, the walls, which is something that like walking around Pittsburgh, you do not see, but it's really good for buildings because it like insulates the building. It makes it so you don't have to use as much energy to like heat and power it. Um, but it's also like really, really beautiful. So that's something we want to bring into the Monroeville Mall. I hope that can happen this year. <laughs> I'll do everything I can to make it happen this year. But what else is coming up? The next program we have is on uh, sustainable development goals. But before you go off the topic of the mall, we had a conversation at our last planning meeting. <laughs> now, much too late, I realized that I didn't have my light on. The Monroeville <laughs> Mall, they're building a, a veterans, I think it's something to do with the Veterans Administration a, a rehab center in the parking lot of the mall. Interestingly, right where we had the meeting that you set up for us in that same location in front of Macy's, and so there needs to be a special exception or some sort of zoning shift, is my understanding, through the planning and zoning departments in Monroeville um, in order for that to happen. And from my perspective, and I think the perspective of the group this past Tuesday when we met, that's good news because that means that the municipality is in the process of working with the, the developer to have a different use in the mall because there will be people apparently living there for at least short periods of time while they're in rehab. And so mm -hmm. that can open the door for this. This is one of five projects that Reimagine is into. Um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So tell us about the next, the sustainable development goals and the other projects that Reimagine is doing before we wrap. Uh, right now we're doing site assessments because uh, like I said earlier, 
we're expanding our program this year for the gardening program. We're gonna have 60 households be a part. So we'll have 12 total because it's a two-year program. And that's super exciting. Uh, that's one of like my visions for the future is that like everyone has the tools, power and space to like grow their own food. Because like you said, like touching dirt is so important for like your mental health. And also like eliminating that carbon footprint of like, just like you pick a tomato from your backyard and bring it inside and eat it as opposed to like it travels from California to get to you. It's really cool. Or from the, a robot's fingers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think- I'm, I'm, I'm just misbehaving here from the peanut gallery. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Everyone should have access to trees. Like everyone should be able to see at least one tree from their window and plants and all these beautiful things that, you know, are a part of our environment and we just need to like redistribute resources. Because right now they're just like not distributed well. Yay, I saw Raya said, woohoo. The other thing we're working on is, no, that's pretty much it. We do like our monthly educational programming coming up in the spring. We're hoping to have like a workshop where we re remove like invasive knotweed hopefully on the Westmoreland um, Heritage Trail. And then we have a friend that makes art out of knotweed um, and like paper and stuff like that. So we'll have like a workshop where we'll be removing the plant um, and then like making art with it. So we're not just like throwing it away, we're like creating new things. Yeah, I mean, there's like more to come. I, I'm excited about kind of how excited the people in our area are. I want to mobilize more people because there's so much strength in numbers and I'm really you know since I like first found out about like intersectional environmentalism in college it's been like five years and I feel like so many more people are accepting of and understanding of kind of the fact that we need to make a change and yeah it takes me back to like the video that you mentioned like Mark Dixon filmed the first line is uh Patty DeMarco saying um, we live in a transition time and we really do. Things are changing so rapidly and uh, it's going to be a little messy, but I think that there's more and more people every year that are willing to make the change. Thank yeah. you so much for being here, for taking the time for this interview. I am so excited that, that we had this opportunity today. Um, I think it was long overdue and I'm so thankful for the people that are that are watching and have watched like the whole time you've got a fan club sister I mean you uh, this was probably the best attended uh, live you know in, in in the history of reimagined turtle creek and like we, we've been moving it over the past couple of years so you know that's important and um, we're going to use this as a model as we move forward so uh, pay attention to the PR that Annie Dealey, a, a community organizer of Reimagined, puts out. Tell your friends about us. Share this particular interview widely, even if some of it made you uncomfortable, because you weren't the only one that was uncomfortable. When I uh, make certain statements from my heart, sometimes I feel uncomfortable too. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable. These are the moments now to let all of our you fill in the blank go and to move on into our regenerative future. Now, here in these blessed, amazing moments. And so with that, is there anything else you wanna add before we, we sign off? No, just, you know, thanks for interviewing me. 
Oh, and yeah, I didn't bring these people in. We organized together to like do PR and like this was this was a result of organizing. It's working together to make things happen, you know. Beautiful. Thank you so <laughs> much again. And everybody who's watching, thank you for being here. Tell your friends about the Journey Through Health and Wellness podcast. Uh, you know what? This is going to be the trailer because I just have one more question. And that okay. is now that you've been here for this time frame, what one or two things have made the most impact on you? At the very beginning of the interview, you mentioned that um, you were surprised at how large a, a region and reach we were working with. But now that it's a couple years, a year and three months later, what it could have been something that was recent that happened or, or some synchronicities that happened or I can tell you something that I that makes me extra special proud of you, but I'm going to hold that for the very end. Uh, <laughs> that would have probably okay. Uh, I don't know. I it's a there's like different perspectives that I like have not heard before. Like uh, <laughs> big thing that changed. I definitely like feel more comfortable in this role. I I didn't realize how much like power I had. I feel like I'm coming into my own power, and there's so much value in the fact that our group is. Uh, mostly women uh, and it's completely women-led I think that's really special and it it's an environment where I can thrive yeah I don't know I, I think that the best moments for me over this past year has been when we as a group were able to get together and like be outside in our watershed together yeah and that's the thing about organizing it's so much emphasis on like personal relationships what I am very proud about is how you've kind of grown and taken the reins now. And I love uh, very, maybe sporadically, just because we don't have that much in-person programming going yet, but I've been meeting some of your family members. And, and that's exciting to me because to me, that really shows a deep level of commitment. And there was even a baby on our last hike. I think that might be your- It's my cousin's baby your cousin's baby and so like yeah, that is just like <laughs> we know through the transition town movement moving from peak oil to resilience we know that it's the future generations that are leading us now the, the, I mean your your cousin's baby is like under one I think under one year old this was her first hike I think in Turtle Creek and your your family is so supportive of you from what mm -hmm. I can tell at least, and um, you know, you brought hot chocolate to the to the the last hike because the weather wasn't like you know superb. But we keep going. You don't have any problem with doing programming, no matter what the weather is. You've been rolling with it. We've been rolling along at lightning speed, miraculously. When so many people in these moments are so sad or depressed or lost you've been really rising in your power. And so I applaud you for that. So round of applause for everybody. <laughs> There's you know, still a number of people watching. And again, if you're watching live, and even if you didn't make a comment, please share this video, uh, the, the live, that's an unedited version. Annie will be sharing, if we have your email, uh, she'll be sharing the edited version when it comes out. Annie, do we know when the edited version will come out? I would say in the next couple of weeks. <laughs>
you're going to be the premier video. You're going to be the first, the first yeah. podcast, I think. 2022. Is that true? You're, the, you're opening 2022 and you're beginning this yeah. series. And could you tell us what, who's going to be live next? Because I can yes. tell people. In the next couple of weeks. Well, the next person is, uh, is it Lisa Wong? Yeah. Who's an acu acupuncturist. But then our next two after that is uh, our uh, Raya Halma and Kelly Yagatich, who are both a part of our steering committee, Reimagine Turtle Creek. Um, and yeah, this is like a part of our local sustainability series where we're gonna highlight uh, the folks who are making this happen and like kind of what motivated them to be a part of it. So if you're watching and you're a family member of Annie's, we would be thrilled to interview you. The interview doesn't have to go this long. It could be a 20 minute interview just about what your, um, how your sensibilities may have changed now that Annie's got this job or what you've learned or what you're doing personally around your yard or your apartment or, you know, or maybe you got the idea from Annie today to put, you know, make a green roof on your apartment house or your house or your whatever. Um, but I would be thrilled or maybe Annie <laughs> might interview you. I don't know. We'll have to see if she we can twist her arm. Or if you're interested in interviewing other people, please share this far and wide in every form. And um, with that, I'm going to say goodbye. And um, I hope you've been inspired by today. Thank you.